The peace of Christ be with you. Friends, give yourselves about three deep breaths to be settled in to the presence of the Spirit and to be settled into the sacredness of this space, which has been held up by prayer for generations. Amen. You'll note that when you came in, you were handed a blue card. That will come in handy during the sermon. You'll have a chance to bring that forward. And on it, we're inviting you to write a prayer for this church. We'll talk a little more about that as service uh, progresses. But what your dream is for the Spirit to do in and through this church over the next year. So if you want to get a head start, that's your reward for coming on time. Let's worship the living God. Please rise and body your spirit for the call to worship. Friends, this is a house of prayer for all peoples. Let us honor those who sacrifice to prepare it for us. This church is a living testament to the resurrection. Let us us care for it as it cares for us. This is where we gather, worship, learn, and serve. Let us be stewards of what God has given us. Oh! 
So welcome to worship this morning, however long or short a time you've been coming to Westminster. As our call to worship says, this is where we gather and worship and learn and serve. So welcome. Let us join together in our community prayer. Let us pray. God, we have been richly blessed and we praise you even when we have faced difficulty and hardship and loss in our own lives, when we have been supplied with resilience, a way forward, and the simple breath of life. Help us to pull together, to be a source of hope and companionship to those in need. Bless us with clear eyes to see your vision for this church. Amen. <clears throat> Friends, as we turn to God, we discover a wonderful thing, which is that God is always waiting for us. In the name of Christ, amen. Now I'd like to invite any of the children who are worshiping with us to come join me at the front. We've got a lot happening here at the front today, so I think we're going to come on over here. And I'd also like to invite Cindy to come forward. She's making her way. There we go. Hey, guys, let's come sit right over here. Good to see you all this morning. So I've asked Cindy to come forward. There's Cindy behind you there. You all recognize her because she has been working with you all in the Sunday School program for over a year now. I think she started in last August, right? Something like that, September. So she's been with you in Sunday School over a year, helping you to learn about God's love and know how much you are loved. And so she's been working here. She comes in on Saturday and gets everything ready for your Sunday school programs, all the craft supplies and the lessons and everything. And then she's here on Sunday with you all. But guess what? She also has another job during the week on Monday through Friday that she works. She's a busy lady. So for the last over a year, she's been helping us here. But you know what? She's decided that working Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a little too much. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? It's a little too much. And I thank you that you've made that decision because it's important to be with our families. It's important to have time to rest. It's important to do things sometimes that aren't working, do things for fun, right? So we'll still see Cindy, I hope. She'll come and worship with us and be present with us, but she's not going to be our Sunday school coordinator anymore because it's just a little too much for her schedule right now. So what I want to do today, Cindy, is say, Thank you. Why don't we all say, thank you. For all that she has done, for all of the love and time and energy she has shared with us. And we have a card here of thank you for you. Um, and we've, she has done this job just, just all by herself for the last year. And we've decided that's kind of a lot for one person. So coming up, we're actually going to have three people to do the job of one. That shows you how, how awesome Cindy has been doing, right? So you will meet them. We're going to have Miss Coral, Miss Cammie, and Miss Jen 
taken Cindy's place to be with you on Sunday mornings, to be here during the week, to get everything ready for your Sunday school. So you are going to continue to be loved and cared for at this church. But Cindy, we want to say a great prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving for you. So thank you. All right. And now she's not done yet. She still has to be with you today, right? So we're going to follow her out and go to Sunday school. Go now in peace. Go now in So we come together for our time of prayer this morning. We're going to use a bidding prayer as we sometimes do, and I will name some areas of concern, such as family or friends or communities or the world around us, and invite you to put out words or phrases or names that means something to you in this regard. And please don't worry if others speak at the same time or if you do not hear someone. We are speaking to the God who embraces us, who is part of our being. And so together, let's pray. God of compassion, we gather fully aware of our many blessings. And we do have much to celebrate, but there is also much in our lives and in our world that arouses care, arouses concern. We offer our prayers to you, trusting in your compassion and love. Hear us as we name family or friends whom we know to be carrying a heavy burden and who are much in need of your love and healing presence. Hear us. And hear us, Lord, as we name peoples or places in our world whom we know to be living in trying conditions, whether of natural disaster or violence or division, hear us. Lord, we do pray that peace and reconciliation and healing 
may prevail in these situations of strife or stress, and that your compassionate and constructive action may be called forth in us and be, and be made known. And may your presence be known to those who are suffering illness or pain or grief. We continue to pray for lives traumatized by loss and disruption from fire so near us, who are yet engaged in the long process of recovery. And we pray for their resilience and for ongoing help from us, their neighbors. We do thank you for so much today, for the many ways that we know well-being and for people in places that enrich us and in whom your presence is made known to us. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, offered in the name of the one who teaches us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. cover ends, we were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. Pray that we all might find that beautiful in our lives. Take me into the beautiful, won't you take me back again? With the love unexplainable, come and fill up this dry land. Let it open our eyes to see a world we've never seen. Let it open our hearts up to feel you inside of us. You're here inside of me. Take me into the beautiful, where the rivers flow, with the love that never ends. Oh, I want to go to the beautiful. La, 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 la. Take me into the beautiful. Where the faces glow with the light that never ends. Oh, I want to go to the beautiful. Come on and take me again. Take me into the mystery. Gently lift me with your grace. Make the chaos a chorus. With yourself, come fill this place. Cover me with your mercy, come and cover me with love. Cover me so that all might see that it's you, not me, it's you. That I'm singing out, take me into the beautiful, where the rivers flow, with the love that never ends. Oh, I want to go to the beautiful, la, 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 take me into the beautiful. Where the faces flow, with the light that never is. 
The scripture reading today is Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 12. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. <clears throat> then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Don, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea the Negev, and the plain. That is, the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. The Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, at the Lord's command. He was buried in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Bethbeor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His sight was unimpaired and his vigor had not abated. God bless him. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the period of mourning for Moses was over. Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. And he was also unequal for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I trust that scores of you came today to hear a stirring Reformation message on this Reformation Sunday. Show of hands. <laughs> Try to restrain yourselves. You no, know, I joke, but that monumental anniversary of the 500th, uh, the 500th 
anniversary of the Reformation is celebrated in many churches today. We will do so next Sunday because we thought it was more fitting to pair that with our All Saints celebration. So we'll be remembering those we lost next week as well as those who planted the seeds of faith in our lives and those who planted the seed of this form of the faith on the earth. Now today I want to direct our attention to those people of God standing on the precipice, having come through the wilderness of uncertainty, given the chance to finally see the end of their trials and the promised land. I'm of course speaking of the end of the stewardship season. (laughs) Today we we dedicate our pledges to help support the ministries of this church for the next year. That's why you got those blue cards I mentioned earlier. And I'll say again, especially for those of you who came in a little later, those cards are for you to write prayers on, prayers for the well-being of this church and the church universal. Because I know many of you have already turned in your pledge cards and have given generously. The rest of you will have a chance to present yours today or if you already did so, to turn in your prayer for the church today, or if you're going to promise to do so, to turn in your prayer for the church. Well, let's get back to that story, the real story, where Moses is on the cusp, on the cusp of entering the promised land. Moses, whose name in Hebrew was Moshe, Moshe referring to being drawn out because if you recall early in the Moses story as a babe, he was drawn out of the water and rescued. Moses stands on a high place overlooking the land that God had promised the people after having led them from slavery into freedom, having endured decades of trial. And yet we find out today, we're reminded today that Moses doesn't get to enter in. So if you've ever had disappointment in your life, you know that that disappointment is at the heart of our people's journey. We don't always get to what we've been walking toward. We also remember as uncomfortable as it is that our our faith, our way of being carries with it heaps upon heaps of grace and accountability. Because you see, early on, as you may remember, the people were crying out, and our God is a God who hears the cries, and they're thirsty, and God says to Moshe, if you speak to the rock, then out of it water will pour forth to give drink to your people. But Moses, for reasons that remain mysterious, instead takes a staff and strikes the rock. And we're not sure why that didn't sit well with God. But perhaps because Moses resorted to striking with force the rock rather than trusting in the power of the word to bring forth what needed to be brought forth. God says on that day and in that moment, you will get to the promised land, but you will not go into the promised land. Moses, who has wrestled with the demon of violence with which we are all capable of wrestling and losing that wrestling match with, you remember early on as he watched one of the Egyptians beat one of the slaves, 
Moses, in his anger, kills the Egyptian. This capacity is within us. It's an unsettling passage, and we have trouble sitting with that disappointment of almost getting there. By the end of Deuteronomy, they don't want to dwell on that much. They mainly pay tribute to this wonderful prophet of, there's not been one since him. So the writer says, and even commentators, when you read about this passage, they mainly pay tribute to all that Moshe did to his people. Maybe a sign that it's hard for us to sit with our disappointments. Still, God finds a way for the people to be led in, to not be left abandoned, even as Moses falls, literally falls short. And the task of leading people into that new promise and into the new land falls upon Joshua. Joshua, whose name in Hebrew would have been a form of Yeshua. Yeshua, which means Yahweh, God, is salvation. If you were reading Deuteronomy in Greek, however, you wouldn't read Yeshua. You'd read Jesus. Or in English, Jesus. Yes, the one that we call Christ is named after the one to whom the mantle was given when Moses was finished, the greatest of all prophets. And what a beautiful image that is for Christ as the one who picks up the mantle and leads the people into well-being and into liberation from their own oppression, personal and corporate, into salvation, God's dream for the world. Jesus brings that salvation, carrying that mantle. Do we know that we carry that mantle? That mantle of blessing into the world, where a word, not a strike, can bring new life, can bring hope and possibility and peace and promise. And that word flows down onto a burning and scorched earth like a river of life, bringing water, bringing possibility, bringing justice. I don't, how many have you seen this video other than Elizabeth, who I know has seen it, of, it's been going viral around the, about the fires of the American Samoan firefighters who came to help us when we were ablaze. Have anybody seen this? I don't like showing, this is one of the limitations of our space, you can't see our screen, so if you want to see it and you, the answer to that is yes, you wanna, why don't you come over and sit with your neighbors on, on this side, or gather around, you, you can move, it's okay. There's lots of room over here. Elizabeth's already crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, sister. This is all your fault. Bethany keeps walking into my office. Why are you crying? Are you watching that video again? These are firefighters from American Samoa came in to help us put out the wildfires. And like those streams of God's love and justice and salvation, they come out of the hills like salvation come to us. And they're singing. And they're singing a hymn. Now you won't 
be able to make out the words because it's in their native tongue. But if you know the hymnal, you might make out the tune. And then they gather at the end and they all shout out together, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good every day. God is great. God is great every day. They came to save us. They came to save you. Singing hymns to God. Isn't it good not to walk alone? Now someone taught them that faith when they were children. Who will teach our children that? Nobody but you. That's why I'm here to ask you to give to the church. Because of all the wonderful institutions out there and all the resources in a place such as Marin, no one is singularly dedicated to transmitting the faith of Jesus Christ to our children but us. And with all respect to all the different manifestations that God brings people together 
in the world, I believe we have something particular to offer, our particular core values that you have identified. That we are a gathering of people who are spiritually exploring, unafraid of the questions and of the wrestling. Israel means the people who wrestled with God. So we're a little heretical from time to time, a little unorthodox, because that's a sign that it's a vibrant faith, it's alive. We who are a people who are proudly open and inclusive, that's not the norm in every place. And it's not that we're simply unthreatened by different ways of being in relationship and being in love, but we believe that diverse representations of love give us a fuller picture of how God loves. We who are gathering of people who believe that faith is not some esoteric idea, but it's to be applicable. So that when you go out to face the fires, whatever they are that you face, that you come with tools that you're equipped to actually live in the world in a different way. We who are welcoming of families and children, not because having children makes you better than not having children, or being married makes you more complete than not being married, but because we recognize the particular challenge of raising children in this day, in this age, and yes, maybe even in this context. And because we believe one of the ways that we dare to bless the world is by sending children out in the world who've been touched by the Spirit. And we who in all our diversity, different political affiliations, different understandings of the gospel, different theologies, different ways of living out in the faith are held together because we're grounded in Jesus Christ. We're bound together through that grounding in Christ. And so with all due humility, and humility is due, I think this congregation does no one a favor, to borrow Marianne Williamson's words, in playing small. In settling for just nudging along for a few more years. It's time to dream big, and to be big, and to make room for others' bigness to come out, and to allow the bigness of God's dream for you not to scare you into playing small. So won't you come forward now, bearing your gifts not only of treasure but of prayer, because that's how we build this church together. You can take your time if you need to write a little more. I've got pens if you need something to write with. We're not going to do this like Presbyterians, row by row in order, because I believe in the kingdom of heaven they will come to the table in piles. And so if you come on mass, that's fine, wait your turn. If you can't make it yourself, hold it up and let a sister or brother bring it forward for you. And this is not a funeral dirge, this is a party, so we're going to sing some fun music. If you want, you're welcome to just come walk right in front of us too. Come on up. We hope you'll sing with us as you come forward.
Let's pray and dedicate these gifts. Let us pray. Gracious God, generous God, abundant God, God who overflows with generosity. It was in a burst of your giving nature that the universe was born. And in you was light, and that light has been the life of all creation. You are the inspiration behind the wonder of every scientist. You are the calculus at the heart of every poet's observation. You are in the fire of the prophet's belly. You are the beating in every heart that moves us to care for one another. And everywhere we turn, O God, we see the abundant ways in which you have provided for your creation, food which springs forth from the earth, water which falls from the sky, in beauty that inspires us all. As if to leave no doubt, you gave yourself in a gift wrapped in swaddling clothes that we might have a lasting image of your generosity in Jesus Christ. It's in this spirit, O God, that we are joyful. We are joyful for the chance to take our place among those who walk through the wilderness propelled by a burning bush, even if just to put out a fire. Walk with those who came to bring water when our land was parched. Walk with those who in the face of tragedy Sing your goodness every day, your alleluia, your praise. And so we dedicate these gifts, these prayers, this church to you. Amen. I'm world among the shadows, you wipe my tears away. And I've felt the pain of heartbreak, and I've seen the brighter days. And I prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place. And I have held your blessings, God.
This time we invite our new members forward to be received into the fellowship of this community. You'll see we have candles on the communion table. That's one for every new member we're receiving. Now, not all could be here today, but we want to honor them in their light. Come on, stand right up here. We want to welcome those of you who are here. Some into this fellowship and some back into this fellowship after some years away. It's wonderful to have you, Julie, here. Okay, let's go. Let me do 
Mr. Moderator, the session received the following persons into the membership of this congregation. Mickey Graves, Tab Mitchell, Amanda Stevens, Bonnie Stevens, and Julie Wathen. Friends in Christ, I have a question for you as you join us. Do you reaffirm your baptismal vows, trusting in God's grace in Jesus Christ and the desire to become a part of the fellowship and ministry of this congregation? If so, please say we do. Sure. With joy. Am I doing the with joy? And You're going to ask them to do it with you. We don't want you to do it alone. Thank you. <laughs> please join me. <laughs> Perfect. And thanksgiving, and thanksgiving we, we welcome, welcome these new members into, into the congregation. congregation. We promise to love, encourage, and support them and their families. We promise to share the good news of the gospel with them, to look for God's presence in them, and to gather to study, know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. To welcome you, we have several things today. I hope you noticed the candles that are on the communion table there. Those are in honor of you because we are so happy that you have joined us and you're bringing your light to shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And we're so happy that you're shining your lights with us here at Westminster. In addition, we have a loaf of bread. It's our tradition here at Westminster to offer bread to our new members. Bread has all kinds of symbolism my favorite is that, of course, we use bread at the communion table. On Jesus' last night of his life, he gathered his friends to be together in community, to share a meal together. And every month, in community, together, we celebrate this meal together. And now you are a part of our community with us, celebrating with us. So we have a loaf of bread for you to take home. And then finally, Rob is holding, or was holding in his hand, our, our membership book. And what we're going to ask you to do is sign it. Sign your name in our membership book so that we can mark this special day when we welcome you as new members. So, bread first, then the book. All right. So, Julie, welcome to you. It is so good to have you with us. And Bonnie, welcome to you. Thank you for being with us. And Tab, welcome to you as well. So I invite you now, I'm going to turn this toward you. Just right here where it says name, write your name in there. And now you have to write while holding bread. We obviously thought this through very carefully. Note to self, next time, bread second, bread second. Thank you, Julie. I'm going to help hold the bread here. Oh, thank you. And then Bonnie. We get updates from our executive presbyter regularly about how the churches are doing from the fires. And one of the churches that was evacuated, one of the reports that came in was, I'll come to you, Tab was the pastors had gone to the church to remove um, the computers and the membership book. Wow. 
so that if they lost their building, they would not lose record of who had ever worshipped in that building. Mm. Amen. Here you go, Tim. Thank you. Let us pray. God, you have brought these sisters and brothers to us, not so that we could make them into versions of ourselves, not that we could remake them in our image, and not even that we might remake them in your image, but in part because we knew they already bore your image. So just as we seek to bless them in fellowship, we give thanks for the ways they have blessed us. And we pause now to remember all those who touched their faith along the way and give thanks for them near and far. Oh God, now bless this, your holy fellowship of faith as we go from this place doing the best we can to be the body of Christ in this corner of the world. Amen. Please welcome your new members after church today. What we failed to say is there will be cake. (laughs) We welcome you with cake. couple of announcements for the life of the church. Uh, immediately uh, after the service, there is going to be a harvest festival. The middle school youth will be hosting younger children, and they will be having crafts and games, and we ask you to be present and support that today. And also, Rob, you have an announcement. I do. As we wrap up our stewardship drive, knowing that there will still be gifts that come in, We are ready to look ahead to the spring as well and a capital campaign and much-needed renovation project to address not only some deferred maintenance, but some um, allowing the facility to serve the ministry we're doing now better and allow us um, to live into God's dream for us for the future. So to that end, next Sunday, after the 10 o'clock service, I'll be hosting a conversation Uh, where I can tell you a little bit about the journey that's gotten us here so far and what the needs are and what the dream is and and invite your questions. So it'll be a conversation. It won't be a lecture. Our plan is to launch that campaign in the spring after the annual meeting, after our budget is squared away and we're again in good stead. But it's time now to lay the groundwork. So I encourage you to be there. It won't be your only opportunity. We'll give you some more opportunities to um, have some conversation about that campaign and renovation before the campaign begins in earnest in February, next Sunday after this service. And let's join together in our final hymn, number 465.
Friends, as we go out from this place, I'm reminded that starting next week, we again are sheltering some of the least of these in our midst, the most vulnerable through the REST program. And there is a sign-up to make sure that their first meal is a full one. So let us start off that season on a good note. Please sign up on the way out. And as you go from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day, be with you every day. Amen.
Deuteronomy? Yeah. Oh, the pages are always wrong. I get so irritated with them. I think I'm a different one. I like to read a lot. Yeah. 